You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Transformers. Enjoy. Last week we finished up our series called Extreme Makeover, New Edition. And we're going to start a new series today. And it's called Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you may not realize it, but if you've put your faith in Christ, you're a transformer. <laughs> and uh, do I have any 1980s refugees in the house? Well, in the mid-80s, this cartoon came out in America called Transformers. And this is like back in the day. And uh, it was a story about these alien beings that crash-landed on planet Earth. And there are two types of these beings. There are the Autobots with the good guys. And then there were the Decepticons, which are the bad guys. And they were in this race and battle to find an energy source for their home world. And the Decepticons wanted to just strip the Earth of all of its energy resources. But the Autobots wanted to protect the Earth inhabitants from this terrible fate of the Decepticons. Same. So now you know what the Transformers is all about. And you guys remember the song? Transformers, more than meets the eye. Yeah, more than meets the eye. They were really cool because you wouldn't, you wouldn't really know they're a Transformer. You could be cruising down, you know, 95, uh, heading to uh, southern Rhode Island there. And, you, and this semi-truck passes you on the left. And it's really Optimus Prime. He's the head of the Autobots, see? But you wouldn't know that because he looks like a semi-truck, you know? But then he transforms. So there's more to them than meets the eye. Well, it's, it, it, God wants to continually transform us. And if you've put your faith in Christ, now no one can do this for you, right? It's something only you can do. And it's got to be of your own free will. If you, with your own heart, have believed that God gave his son for you, that God raised his son for you, and that with your own mouth you've said, Jesus, be my personal Lord and Savior. If you've done that, God's spirit has transformed your spirit and made it brand new. You're a transformer. And let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I love this chapter. But let's go to verse 18. Verse 18 and it's talking about beholding Jesus. And that's all you really need to do in life. <laughs> Doesn't that simplify things? Just keep your eyes on him. And every opportunity you have to take your eyes off of him, pass on it. And keep your eyes on him. Verse 18 of chapter 3, talking about beholding Jesus now, says, but we all, those who put our faith in Christ, we've got our eyes on him, we're beholding him. We all, with unveiled face, there's no shame in our faces anymore. What's Psalm 34 say? Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. So I know if I'm, if, if I'm feeling shame, I'm not looking at him, right? When you look at him, your shame goes away. Isn't that opposite of what religion teaches, right? They think you can't look at him because of your shame. No, you turn to him and he takes your shame away, right? So we behold him. Now look at this. So we're looking at him with an unveiled face. There's nothing blocking our view of him anymore. That was removed through Jesus, right? Through his sacrifice. Beholding as in a mirror. What? I thought we were looking at Jesus. We're looking at Jesus 
And when we look at him, it's like looking in a mirror. Who do you see when you look in the mirror? You. When God transformed you, he made you into the image of his son. Your spirit. That doesn't mean we're all wearing sandals and have beards. It means our spirit was made new, right? Your spirit, man, this guy in here was made new in the image of Christ when you put your faith in him. Now, our minds, we're renewing our minds, right? We're changing the way we think, and we're keeping our bodies in subjection to our new spirit. But we're looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord. So the glory of the Lord is where? In you. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, the glory of the Lord is inside of you. Look no farther. And we're being transformed into the same image from glory to more glory. That means the new you on the inside is showing up outside more and more every day. We're going from glory to more glory, from strength to more strength. God always moves you forward, never backwards. Always takes you higher, never lower. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So when you put your faith in Christ, you went from darkness, you were transformed from darkness to light, from sin to righteousness, from sickness to health. And there's a whole lot more to you than meets the eye. There's a whole lot more to you than your five senses can detect. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can do the things Jesus did and greater things than these. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're clothed with power from on high. The same power that the apostles were clothed in back in the book of Acts. The same power that Stephen moved in and Philip. Same powers in you and upon you. Colossians chapter 3 says it this way, verse 3 in the message translation, says your old life is dead. I hope hope you've had the funeral already because it's over, right? Don't even visit the casket. Don't even visit. Don't even pay your respects to the old life. It's dead. There was nothing good about it. It's buried. It's over. That's not who you are anymore. Your new life, transformer, more than meets the eye, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators. So those who knew you before Christ may not see visibly any difference, but that doesn't matter. It's true anyway. Even though invisible to spectators is with Christ in God, he is your life. So there was this crash landing on earth about 6,000 years ago. Adam (laughs) had the crash landing of all crash landings. See, God made us in his image with uh, nonstop life inside of us. And we don't know how long it was between when Adam started walking and talking and, and he put his faith in Satan. We don't know how long that was. But at some point in time, Adam put his faith in Satan. And he chose to believe what Satan said above what God said. 
And when you put your faith in darkness, you open the door for darkness. And darkness entered the human race. Adam was transformed from light to darkness, from life to death, from righteousness to sin, from health to sickness. And since that time, there's been an epic battle going on in planet Earth between God and his angels and Satan and his angels. But it's really not a direct battle because there would be no battle if it was just between Satan and God. There's no contest there. It's over you. It's a battle over your life. It's a battle over your joy. It's a battle over your health. It's a battle over your peace. It's a battle over the provision that God has already given for you in Christ. And Satan, he's the ultimate Decepticon. And what he's trying to do is to keep you from realizing how much God loves you. He's trying to keep you from realizing all that God did for you already through his son, Jesus Christ. He's trying to keep you from realizing that through simple faith in Christ, you're made new. No questions asked. He's trying to keep you from being totally transformed and experiencing the resurrection power of Christ. So Jesus came because Adam crash-landed. That's why he came. And before I put my faith in Christ, I was dead. The real me was dead, and I didn't even know it. I was walking and talking, but my spirit was separated from God. And the same is true of all of us. I needed a transformation. I needed a new spirit, and I didn't know it. I didn't even know that was possible. There is no energy in this world that can make you new. <laughs> there is no energy in this world that can make your body whole. There is no energy in this world that can transform you. There is no energy in this world that can give you the abundant life that Christ came to give you. It's all through simple faith in him. So what do we need to be whole? What do we need to walk in victory over darkness? What do we need to be transformed? Ah, someone said it. Jesus. Pure Jesus. 100% not homogenized, not pasteurized, 100% untouched by the hands of man, Jesus. And I don't want anything less. Which brings us to why we're here. See, we're a group of people that have, have left our homes and gathered together publicly. Now, the church is every believer, right? So anyone who, who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus is part of the church. We're a gathering. We're a part of the, universe, the church around the world. But this local body, Highway Church, our mission is to give people 100% pure Jesus. That's our mission. Not add anything to it, not take anything away from it. Just Jesus. And you say, well, that's, that's easy. Well, actually, it's kind of challenging. You say, why is it challenging to give people pure Jesus? I'm glad you asked. 
Because for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, centuries and centuries and centuries of wrong teaching coming from churches. Teaching people man-made religious ideas instead of pure Jesus. And boy, it can be so difficult just to get someone to put their simple faith in Jesus because they have been indoctrinated with centuries of man-made religion. And it blocks them. And you start talking about the healer and they're looking at you like you are Optimus Prime. You know? So we're transformed when we discard man-made religious ideas and embrace the real Jesus. We're not interested in causing any divisions. We are interested in exhorting every believer to turn their focus on the real Jesus. Where can I find this real Jesus? In Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. The best written account you'll find anywhere of the real Jesus. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same healer. The same raised from the deader. The same deliverer. He's the same. He's the same. Now, this Satan the, the, and his Decepticons, they've been doing everything they can for centuries to hide this pure Jesus, to keep people from the simplicity of faith in Christ. And I know man hasn't realized it a lot of times. Sometimes man is very well-intentioned. But the Bible says it kind of pretty plain. It talks about doctrines of demons, speaking of religious doctrines. In other words, man, whether they realize it or not, under the influence of spirits of darkness, began to create these man-made religious doctrines that would keep people from being transformed, that would put weights on top of people. And boy, did I carry those for a long time. I grew up in that. And it was so heavy, I got to a point that I just can't do this anymore. I'm not getting anywhere. See, you have somewhere to go. We have places to go. We have things to do. We have people to, to, to impact and to know. We can't be tied down with dark ideas. We need pure Jesus to get where we need to go. So what we're going to do in this series, we're going to look at some of these man-made ideas. And we're going to remove them. All right? Because at Highway Church, we don't want anything between you and pure Jesus. All right? You're going to take a little time, because there's a bunch of them. We can't get through all of them. We'll just take them as the Lord leads. Let's get started. Let's start with the first one. Now, this one comes in many shapes and sizes. But I want you to remember this as we're going through these. The strategy, regardless of what the religious doctrine is, the strategy of the enemy is the same. To keep you from realizing who Jesus really is and what he's already done for you. Same strategy. Don't want you to know who he really is and what he's already, past tense, 
done for you. Okay? That's what they're trying to keep you from. They're trying to keep you from realizing that the sacrifice of Jesus was way more than enough for you. Nothing else needs to be done. It was sufficient. So this first one's a doozy. But it comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes. And uh, I won't say some of the names of it, but you'll get the gist when I just kind of describe to you what this religious doctrine teaches. It basically teaches that you have to perform certain deeds in order to atone for your sin, to make up for the wrong you've done. Or this religious doctrine will tell you you've got to perform the deeds that the religious leader tells you you need to perform to atone for the punishment that is due to you because of your sins. And again, this comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes. And boy, is it a doozy. So there are people who have grown up learning this, and they daily and weekly go through rituals to try and atone for their sin. To try and get rid of the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. And it doesn't work. It's a downward spiraling circle. You never get free from it. So let's go to the Word. Because for every uh, dark idea, Jesus is the light. Right? So let's be transformed. And you'll find as you remove these dark ideas from your thinking, the transforming light of Christ will change you. And you'll become free and more free. And we want you free. Jesus wants you to live freely and lightly. So let's go to Rome, uh, Isaiah. Let's go back to Isaiah. And it's, um, it's gotten so involved, and this is no joke, there are churches that have charts of sins and the punishment that is due you for those sins and the deeds you need to go through to partially atone or hopefully fully atone for the punishment that's due you. Would you believe that? There are actual charts. And, and the leaders go through the chart. Oh, you've committed this sin. You need to do this, 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 and this. And that will partially atone for this punishment. And, you know, it, it's so complex and it's so dark. And there's no freedom in life in it. So this whole idea that you have to do something to reduce your punishment is wrong. Why? Because Jesus took all of your punishment on the cross. He already took it. Isn't that amazing? Wow. That's like going to the principal's office and someone else gets your discipline, right? It's God is good. Well, let's look at Isaiah 53. When you realize what Jesus done, you'll see right through these dark ideas. And you won't, you say, no, thank you. Uh-uh. I need pure Jesus, right? Isaiah 53, talking about trying to atone for our sins and trying to you know, atone for the punishment that was due us. Verse 4, surely our griefs, there's no doubt about it. It's a done deal. You can be sure and certain, powerful word. Surely our griefs Jesus himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, verse 5. But he was pierced for 
transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us shalom is the Hebrew word. It means wholeness, well-being, prosperity, the punishment. Who took the punishment? Yeah. The punishment Jesus took for us brought us wholeness. How whole? Completely whole. Spirit, soul, and body. It was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Wow. Amplified says it this way. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. This doesn't get any better than this. This is good. The chastisement, or you could say the punishment, the chastisement needful to obtain, so there was a punishment that needed to happen. We all kind of inherently know that. We all know we've fallen short and that we don't deserve this. Okay? But God knows that too, and he provided the the solution through Christ. So the punishment, the chastisement needful to obtain wholeness for you and me, was upon Jesus. And with the stripes that wounded Jesus, you and me were healed and made whole. There's a transformation happening right now. We're discarding this man-made idea of trying to atone for our sins. I've been to places where they, they have shrines set up to atone for their sins. Well, they'll crawl upstairs on their hands and knees to try and atone for their sins. What is that? That's darkness. That's a failure to recognize Jesus atoned for all of my sins and took all of my punishment. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. This is so good. So we discard this man-made stuff. And we embrace the real Jesus, and as a result, we're transformed from glory to glory, strength to strength, freedom to more freedom. Hebrews chapter 10. You know, some people are afraid to come to church because of the weight that's going to be put on them, right? You don't have to tell anyone that, that, that they've sinned. We know what sin is. Everybody knows what sin is. They need to know there's an answer. There's a victory over it, right? There's a God who loves them and gave his son for them so they can be set free from sin forever at his expense. Hebrews chapter 10. Now, this is good. You guys got your seatbelts on? Oh, I don't know if they told you guys when you came in. Did you put your religious goggles in the receptacle back there? It's the garbage can is what it is. So, so put the religious goggles in the receptacle and just leave them there, all right? We want you to see pure Jesus when you're coming in, all right? Just Jesus. Our focus is on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. For the law, since it has only a shadow of the good things to come and not the very form of things. So we don't go back to the law, right? That was, not, that was for a time past, okay? It was only a shadow. It wasn't the form. It wasn't God's plan. He had to do it because of man's behavior. It can never, oh, I like this word never. The law can never, what does never mean? It means at no time in the past or future. No time in the past or future, on no occasion. Not ever. 
by the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, verse 2, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of sins. Are you free from consciousness of sin? If not, you need to be free today. See, man-made religion teaches you to be conscious of sin. And consciousness of sin does not help you. Because we all know what it is. And being continually reminded of it keeps you in bondage to it. What you need to become conscious of is the righteousness that God has provided for you in Christ. Doesn't 2 Corinthians 5.21 say that? God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So at Highway Church, we encourage people to be righteousness conscious, to be conscious of what Christ already done. And it's amazing what happens when you forget about sin. You just wipe it out of your memory. I'm not going to think about it anymore. It has nothing to do with me anymore. I'm clean. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm washed in the blood of Christ. I'm a new creation. The past is behind me. The future, God's destiny is in front of me, and I'm going forward. I walk in the light as he is in the light, and the blood of Christ cleanses me from all sin. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 3. But in those sacrifices, in those man-made religious doctrines... There is a reminder of sins, week after week, year after year. They got pictures of them that they'll show you. Verse 4, for it is impossible for man-made religious doctrine, for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when he comes into the world, that's Jesus, Jesus says, sacrifice and offering, you've not desired. It wasn't God's idea but a body you've prepared for me in whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have taken no pleasure i love that god takes no pleasure in man-made religious doctrine it's futile it is of no benefit it will not help you in any way shape or form to be free from sin that's just the facts jack yeah, and Jill. Verse 6. In whole burning offering sin, you have taken no pleasure. Verse 7. Then I said, this is Jesus. He said to his father, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book, it's written of me to do your will, O God. After saying above sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have not desired, nor have you taken pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first. What's the first? The law. In order to establish, what's the second? Righteousness by faith. If anyone from anywhere, regardless of what degrees they might hold or what robes they might wear or what, uh, how many people come to their establishment, if anyone tries to tell you or lead you in any other direction than simple faith in Christ, righteousness by faith, 
don't follow. You love them, you pray for them, but you've got places to go. You've got a destiny to fulfill. We can't be playing religious games. We need pure Jesus. We need pure Jesus. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. Verse 10, by this will, oh, I love the will of God. The will of God brings life and liberty. By this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once. Once for all. Man, only God could do that. Only God could do that. Jesus is the once for all sacrifice for sin. And he did it. And he did it. Let's jump to verse 14. So for all times, forever, always, we're clean. Clean. Clean for the rest of our lives. From our past sins and our future sins. We're clean. We're free from them. Once for all. If it wasn't a once for all sacrifice, we're in trouble. Then I'd say go at it. You crawl up all the stairs you want. Do whatever you can. Hebrews 10 verse 14. For by one offering. What did Jesus say? I am the way. The truth. No, there's only one. I'm so glad God keeps it simple. I need simple. I really do. I don't need a complex uh, schematic of how to know God. I need one way. Please. Just one way. One truth. One light. Throw the schematic away and put your faith in Him. For by one offering, He has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Who's that? Everyone who's put their faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So you're perfected and you're sanctified. We're leaving here different today. We're leaving here different. So it's when we embrace this once-for-all-time sacrifice that Romans 8.1 makes a whole lot of sense. Because of what Jesus did once for all, therefore, Romans 8.1, there is now zero condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're free from condemnation forever. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. God's the judge. He says you're free. You're free and no one can overrule him. There isn't a jury around. There isn't a, 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 an institution that can overrule him. He's on the throne and he's declared you free. He's banged his anvil and it's a done deal. Right? So the law of sin says because you've sinned, right, you deserve punishment. Right? You deserve death. But the law of the spirit of life says because Jesus bore your sins, because Jesus bore your punishment already, you deserve life now. Amen. So anytime, day and night, without shame, you can run before the throne of God. Right. Throw open your arms, say, Daddy, I'm here, yes. and I need you. Yes. Right. And he's like, what do you need? Yes. Right? Yes. How can I help you? What can I do for you? That's his response. It's different than what religion has taught us, isn't it? Yes, he's a good, good father. 
All right. This is so good. Let's go to Romans chapter, uh, well, let's see how we can get time wise. Okay. Romans 8. All right, let's, let's hold on. We're going to go to Romans. Uh, we're going to read through more of Romans in just a minute here. Romans chapter 8. So you see, by just looking at the scriptures, that this idea that you have to somehow atone or do these deeds to, to lessen your punishment, you see how that's a complete ignorance of the sacrifice of Christ. You see that? We're not trying to find fault with anybody. Again, we're not, we're not interested in causing divisions. We want people to know what Jesus has done for them. That's all we're about. We want to exhort everyone who calls in the name of Jesus to realize what he's already done. And anyone who doesn't call in the name of Jesus to realize they can call on the name of Jesus right now, regardless of what they've done. Oh, it's a toll call and God's paid the toll, right? Hallelujah. So this idea is dark. And you know what it really says if someone, someone's teaching? It says Jesus wasn't enough. It wasn't really enough for your sin. So you've got to do more because God's divine sacrifice was good, but you're a little beyond that, right? What is that? That's an exaltation of man, right? It's man saying, I know better than God. See, these, the, 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 the scriptures are right. They really are doctrines of demons, aren't they? Demons are real, and they want to teach you. Are you going to listen? No. I'm not talking about people. People can be under the influence of darkness. I'm talking about there are spiritual beings that are demons that are dark, and their whole strategy is to try and get you into their school, to get you into their philosophy of trying to atone for your sins. All right? Can't be done. Doesn't work. So the sin problem solved. You know, people would, some people want to throw me out of church for saying that. The sin problem's been solved. Completely solved. And if you've put your faith in Christ, you're dead to sin. And you're alive to God. Amen. In Christ Jesus. You might not feel like it, but you are. So start telling yourself that. Yeah. Anytime a temptation comes my way, usually that comes out of my mouth. I'm dead to sin. And alive to God in Christ Jesus. Not who I am anymore. I'm dead to that. See you later. And I just keep on walking. Because I'm dead to sin. And alive to God. Don't let your flesh tell you who you are. This is not who you are. Right? The scriptures tell us who we are. The, who the real you's in here. And the real you's in control of this. Right? Hallelujah. So as transformers... Jesus being our Optimus Prime, right? As transformers, we're conscious of our righteousness in Christ. We're righteousness conscious, not sin conscious. And our attention is not on all the vast doctrines of man. Our attention is on what Christ has already done. What does Isaiah 26 verse 3 say? You will keep him in perfect wholeness whose mind is stayed on you. Yeah. So as transformers, our minds are fixed on what he's done for us. And as a result, we experience the wholeness he's provided. Okay, let's keep reading in Romans now. So as transformers, we're absorbed in Jesus. He's all around us. He's inside of us. He's overflowing through us. Chapter 1, this is, uh, excuse me, verse 1 in the message. Let's do that, Romans 8, 1 in the message. I love this. See how much time we got here. Make sure we can get through all this. This is just so good. 
Yeah, let's do it. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 in the message says, With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. The problem is sin is solved. You know how many people have gone to to church for decades and don't know that? And it's the foundation of what he did. And there are some churches that will kick you out for saying it. But it's what he came for. The problem that we've all wrestled with, that dilemma, the bondage of sin has been broken and we're free. Jesus did it. (laughs) Woo! Those who enter into Christ's being here for us. I love that. Wow. Those who enter in, you got to enter in, right? How do you enter in? By believing it, right? There's no stairway to heaven. Sorry, Led Zeppelin, but there is no stairway to heaven. It's simple faith in Jesus. Boy, that, isn't that something? <laughs> no stairway to heaven. I like that. <laughs> oh, it's good to be free. So those who enter into Christ's being here for us, not those who climb some stairway, those who put their faith in what he's already done, he's here for us, no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. Wow, a new power is in operation. What's this new power? The spirit of life in Christ. Like a strong wind. There was a nice breeze last night. A strong wind refreshes you, right? It cools you off. Has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of man-made religious doctrine, which is brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. That's what it, you just got to recognize it for what it is. Okay? There's no life in it. Hallelujah. Verse 3. God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. You're not unimportant to him. You're a treasure to him. He longs to accomplish what concerns you. If it concerns you, it's on his to-do list today. You're not unimportant to him. That's what religion teaches you is that you're unimportant to him. You got to somehow try and become important. But you, you, <laughs> that's just not true. Something uh, remote and unimportant. In his son Jesus... He personally took on the human condition, entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity, say that, in order to to set it right once and for all. The law code, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, could never, what's never mean on no occasion at any time, past, present, or future, could never have done, never have done that. The law always ended up being used as a Band-Aid on the sin instead of a deep healing of it. Amen. We've got the deep healing now. Once you have the deep healing, you don't don't want anything to do with Band-Aids anymore. No, thank you. Verse 4. And now what the law code asks for, 
but we couldn't deliver is accomplished. That means it's already done. As we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, instead of creating a new schematic of how to atone for our sins, right? We don't do that anymore. We simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us, transforming us. Verse 5, those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed. Oh, is that true? Religious people are obsessed. Not possessed, obsessed. <laughs> obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle, but never get around to exercising it in real life. Remember the who you are in Christ is the real life? Those who trust God's action in them find that God's Spirit is in them, living and breathing God. So where is God? In you. Where's the glory of God? In you. God is living and breathing in you. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Man-made religious doctrine is a dead end. Why would you want to hold on to a dead end? You can't get anywhere. There's no way out. Attention to God, on the other hand, leads us out into the open, into a spacious, free life. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. <laughs> Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God ends up thinking more about self than God, more about their religious doctrines than God. No, you have to do this. No, you've got to go through these seven things, these seven steps. You've got to do these ten things before you can come back and do this, and then you've got to do that. That's an that's a exalting of self above God. That's, right. that's just the truth anyway, right? That, that person ignores who God is and what He's doing. So this is pretty serious. Religion is a serious thing. It's ignoring who God is and what he's doing. Did, did that pastor just say religion is ignoring God? Yeah. I sure did. Because Jesus never came to establish religion. He came so that you could be one with the Father. Wow, the day for religion is behind us. Thank you, Father, for a new day for this region. Thank you, Lord, for a new day for this region. The north, the south, the east, and the west. People set free from religion. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for setting them free and bringing them in right here to know you from the north and the south and the east and the west. In Jesus' name. And God isn't pleased at being ignored. <laughs> That's what verse 8 says. Verse 9 says, But if God himself has taken up residence in you, so you're God's new address, right? You can hardly be thinking more of yourself than him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible 
but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't have any idea what I'm talking about right now. Okay? They don't know what you're talking about. They'll look at you like you're, you're from Mars, right? Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, your body's dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. But we don't stop there. Look at verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, remember living and breathing God, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Not talking about heaven, talking about today. Yes. Now. Now the Spirit of God is giving life to your mortal body. Now the Spirit of God is making you strong. Now. Through His Spirit who lives in you. All right, let's look at verse 10 in the message. A few verses and we're going to be done here. Verse 10 in the message. But you, for you who welcome Him, in whom He dwells, you yourself experience life on God's terms. I like that. Verse 11. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus. That's why I said in uh, our first verse we read, 2 Corinthians 3, that we're beholding him. It's like looking in a mirror because God's doing the same thing in us that he did in Jesus. We're transformers, right? That he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself when God lives and breathes in you, and he does, as surely as he did in Jesus. You know, you're not unequal to Jesus. You're not on a different level. You're on the same level as Jesus. They'd be pulling out the guillotine for that statement. You know, I didn't make that up. You know, it says that in Ephesians, that Jesus has been seated at the right hand of God and we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. God did, God did that. We didn't. Right? Start seeing yourself as a co-heir with Christ, as a son and daughter of God with an elder brother named Yeshua HaMashiach. Hallelujah. And he does as surely as he did in Jesus. You are delivered from that dead life. Told you. <laughs> With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. When your body doesn't feel alive, get up, just jump up and down. So I'm alive. As alive as Jesus, sickness, pain, you have no right to be in my body anymore. I'm the healed of God. I'm strong in him and in his mighty power. I'm as alive as Jesus. Verse 12. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us. Nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial. And get on with your new life. Mm. Love the Bible. God's Spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. You have things to do and places to go. 
and religion won't get you there. Let's give it a decent burial. Let's say bye-bye religion. Hello, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's what we're all about here. And that's why we're excited that Barry Bennett's coming. Because when you, when you come into this freedom of just Jesus, you look around for ministries that do the same thing. And Andrew Womack's ministry is one of those ministries that is, is purposing to give people just Jesus. All right? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for just Jesus. Thank you for pure Jesus in our lives. Lord, you didn't hold 1% of yourself back. You gave us all you could give when you gave us Jesus. And we receive it all. We receive all of you this morning. We embrace this new life that has become ours through simple faith in Christ. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for transforming us today. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.